Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burden of motherhood. I'm Emily. And I'm Beth. And we hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms production. Episode 74, Expectations of Fatherhood. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. It's Emily here, and I'm hanging out with my co-host, Beth. Hi, Beth. Hello, hello. And we are actually, um, we've got kind of a special episode today um, at Fort Worth Moms twice a year. We do this emphasis in-house. We kind of call them like an editorial series. But essentially, it's where we pick one topic and we discuss the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're <laughs> for a gonna, whole week. For a whole week. So we are going to be contributing a podcast episode, a discussion that you and I are going to have. Mm-hmm. But we have 14 other writers on our website that um, have written articles about all kinds of things. And this series is going to be called, or is called, Dear Dad. Mm-hmm. So the topic is going to be, I mean... We have writers who are discussing their relationships with their own dads, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of now as grown women and as parents themselves. And then we have other writers who are kind of talking about their relationships or um, lack thereof with maybe their kid's father. So what it, it's like to, you know, be in co-parenting situations of various kinds yeah. with um, the father of your children. And then also taking kind of a look at what it means to be a dad mm-hmm. right now in mm-hmm. this day and age. Um, and for those uh, women who are raising boys, what it's mm-hmm. like to be raising the next generation of dads. So we have art- articles that are covering all of those topics, and you can find those articles in our show notes. Um, and also just they're living on our website at fwmoms.com. You can put Dear Dad in the search bar there, and it pulls up literally all the content that we have on this topic. I'm excited about the editorial series, but it also just feels... I don't know, super personal. I feel like yeah. relationships with dads, relationships with the father of your children, all of that is so personal. And I think as women is really kind of integral to how we grew up and, you know, how we think of ourselves. And it's also wrapped up in, as I was personally prepping for this episode, I was just thinking about like, To me, it feels like there is a bit of, I think crisis is maybe a strong word, but Mm. we're in sort of this paradigm shift about not only what it means to be just a man Mm -hmm. in general, but also fatherhood. And like, if you think of it culturally, I feel confused, to be honest, right? Because even if you look at something as you know, kind of flip it as sitcoms and the way fathers have been portrayed over mm-hmm. the years. Like, I remember growing up watching Nick at Night oh, and yeah. seeing the Donna Reeds, the My Three Sons, like how fatherhood was depicted in these shows, that, which were really like our country's, our culture's first ever mm-hmm. family depictions 
on a TV screen, right? Yeah. And then how all of that has kind of evolved, like through our shows, like The Cosby Show, Family Matters, um, remember Step by Step. So I went yeah. from watching Nick at Night to TGIF, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> on Friday nights. And while, you know, I don't put like, I don't think that that is the end-all be-all representation of what manhood or fatherhood is, but it has played a part in shaping our culture. I think Mm -hmm. it shapes and guides our culture, and it also reflects what is happening. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. kind of what art does, even as, you know, something sometimes as silly as, like, Urkel and Mm -hmm. a sitcom. So it's all of those things mixed together, and, and both you and I come from you know, a pretty fundamental Christian background. Mm-hmm. And there was also a lot of ideals and things. So well, so it's a it's I feel I'm just gonna be honest as to say I feel confused mm-hmm. about the whole notion. So Yeah, well and I think there is such a shift as, you know, just feminism has taken root over the decades and right. yeah. I've noticed a lot lately and um, kind of in the generation coming behind us that there are a lot of men who are stay-at-home dads. Yeah, there's a change in that as well, yeah, which I'm glad to see, honestly. I think it's great, but I will admit that every time I meet someone who is a stay-at-home dad, I'm always a little bit like, wait, what? Like (laughs) like I've seen a unicorn, you know, like I don't know. I'm not quite sure what to do with it, you know, and I think that... I've noticed a shift in how hands-on, you know, and these are very broad strokes that right. we're painting yeah. with right now, but, you know, how hands-on dads are as opposed to maybe, you know, our fathers or right. grandparents or or such. It's definitely just a shift in, I think, how we view gender roles Yeah, that's changed. But yeah, we did come from through the purity movement, which really shaped a lot of how we understood manhood and fatherhood. Yeah, for sure. Okay, for the sake of this conversation, because this series is going to talk about different elements of this, like we don't have to cover it all. So I'm going to set the stage a little bit to narrow the topic for us. And I want to make a lot of disclaimers, right? Mm -hmm. So we are just going to talk very personally from our own female vantage point. Really, we're talking kind of about our expectations and relationships with um, the father of our children, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of how we have interpreted that and evolved in that dynamic. You know, for other aspects of this series, definitely check out the website and see the article. And we're not gonna we're not gonna do deep deep dives into gender roles. Like this is just our personal story. Yeah. We're not trying to cover every aspect of this in this mm-hmm. episode or every perspective because yes I was going to mention that yeah yeah like we're in the same situation yes Yes. we're both in long-term marriages right you know we had children after we were married yes you know so we are coming at it from very much the same right yeah and yeah we we are two people who have near I mean we're very different but we nearly have identical situations in this we were married Mm -hmm. 
We had children later, and our marriages are continuing. I've been yes. married almost fifteen, and you're Same around there. 15? You're around there August, somewhere. I was about yeah. to say, yeah. So we're October. So it's <laughs> yeah. like we're so similar. That. And so we know that there are, you know, there are single moms. There are like same-sex couples who may not have. Um, two different types of uh, genders in in as parents, and there are just there are a variety of histories as mm-hmm. well. Like great marriages, not great marriages. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, great upbringings, yeah, relationships it, with their dads. Yes, yeah. same. Are we different in that? Mm-hmm. I mean, so we're just going to kind of make all those disclaimers, and we're just jumping into our own personal kind of mm-hmm. goal. Okay, so the first question I want to bring up for us to discuss is what expectations did you have for your husband as a father? Not anything else, but just him as a father. What were your Mm -hmm. expectations before you had kids? Yeah. I've been trying to remember. (laughs) Well, we had the kids and now we don't remember. Yeah. There's a lot that's happened between then. Um, I honestly don't recall having any real expectations on him as a father before we had kids. And that's for multiple reasons. One, I didn't really care to have kids until I was married probably three or four years. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't have any interest. There was no interest growing up. I was never the girl that was like, I can't wait to have babies. Um, I was like, eh, I'm good. I'm the oldest of five. I don't need any more. You're like, Like, I got plenty of siblings. Yeah, not for me. I'm good. So... I don't think I really put a lot of thought into what that would look like. I think any expectations I had on him were shaped by my own father. Right. And how, you know, how he raised us. So I think my it wasn't so much an expectation, but of more of like an assumption that he would, you know, be the one that like my dad was always the fun, you know, he would wrestle and he would play and. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that, that that's just what dads do, you know, and but that he would work full time. Um, he would be the breadwinner. That was always just, you know, just kind of how it was. That's how it was supposed to be. Right. And uh, that he would, you know, he would be the one that would come home on the weekends and grill burgers, you know, like just just kind of a generalized, I think, American view of a dad. You know, your version of American. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like American dream. I say that with big quotation. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever think like when y'all were dating, as you're thinking about marriage, did you ever think, oh, like I am pursuing this because there's an element of it. I do think that he would be a good dad or like their character qualities in him. Or you never really had like those conscious thoughts. I mean, I think there was the expectation that we would have kids eventually. And I saw character traits in him that in the way that he treated me and cared for me, that in my mind, they just would transfer. They just transferred to kids, you Mm -hmm. know, just in those things. It was always like, well, you know, he's good at taking care of me. He's good at handling who I am. That will translate well into fatherhood, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but any expectations were definitely born out of my um, purity culture upbringing of he'll be the breadwinner, he'll be the leader, you know. Um, 
that kind of thing. So it's kind of, as I'm hearing these things, <clears throat> this is just my observation. Mm -hmm. And it's very familiar to me. So, mm -hmm. um, But the things that you list don't really apply to fatherhood to me. Right. Right. Yeah. So being like the fun guy, that's nothing to, I mean, like, mm -hmm. I guess it is a little bit of parenting. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, being fun, playing around. Yeah. But grilling hamburgers and mm -hmm. being the breadwinner mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff, that has nothing to do with parenting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But those are the things that were in my mind, that this is the role that. That's it, the boxes you wanted yeah. to check. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, and I think that m maybe motherhood didn't really appeal to me because it was like, well, I'm going to be the one right. doing the laundry and the yeah. dishes and staying home with he's kids. He's flipping and, burgers. Yeah. At you work. Know, <laughs> you know, and not, and not yeah. to say that that was my parents' dynamic, but as a young person without experience as a married woman or as mm -hmm. having my own yeah, kids. Because you're not, you're just not looking at yeah. your parents. You're also looking at mm -hmm. the people who are in your church, like yeah. what they talked yeah. about in terms mm -hmm. of fatherhood. What you saw on TV, yeah. what was it? You know what I mean, like, and yeah. how all that was mm -hmm. either judged or not judged. Yeah, and speaking of TV, I mean, the dads were always like the goofy ones, right? Yeah. They're a little bit dumb, right? And the mom is always the one that's like in control, mm -hmm. you know, kind of in the background. And I mean, it's just that was my view of right. That's what was set before was. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I don't know that I loved it, but it seemed like, well. I guess that's how it is. That's what we took you know? away from it anyways yeah. as yeah. the young adolescents yeah. growing up in that. Yeah. I'm sure it was more complex and complicated even for our own parents, you know. Oh, so, for sure. But as adolescents, that's kind of like, what do you actually take yeah. away? You can't be expected to have, like, the maturity of brain yeah. <laughs> to, like, really dissect all that. But um, I, as no shock to anyone, I overthink things, right? <laughs> and so my life story of coming from a um, abusive household mm -hmm. where my father was very domineering, uh, pretty narcissistic, and that we all pretty much existed like for his own pleasure and convenience. Mm -hmm. Like that's just a very succinct way to describe a complicated issue, mm -hmm. right? So the whole like the whole notion of even getting married was a stretch for me because I had pretty big issues with men in general. Yeah. But as I kind of, you know, it grew and mature and you know, I did want like a relationship, a companionship, you know, I wanted those things for myself. And but I was hypercritical of people mm -hmm. I dated mm -hmm. um, and, you know, to really an unfair point. Right. Because I was like, you know, I was instead of putting what can happen in reverse where you put every guy up to like a father you've idealized. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I was putting them up to making sure they didn't have any of these flaws that my dad had because I wasn't going to relive that, you know. So I you know, really cared a lot about integrity. Mm -hmm. And I cared more about like character issues mm -hmm. in my husband as a father before I ever thought about or realized kind of what are all the practical things, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so I would be really harsh on him. Like, and I'll, we'll get there. I still am too mm -hmm. harsh with him if I feel like he's too harsh with the girls. Yes. Right. I'm oversensitive to yes. that because of, 
You know, like mm-hmm. I sorted through all the men to find one mm-hmm. that was going to be good and kind, you know, and, and have integrity. So when I think about my expectations for Brian, like before we actually had kids, it really does just circle. It's like a like a toilet bowl. It just circles and circles and circles around the ability not to lose his temper and you know, to just be like kind and loving and even kill. And like, if you know, Brian, he is kind of those things, right? Like, yeah. I, like I found him. He is, you know, like he's the even kill of all of us. Like kind of when we go too high or too low, we can find our center by finding kind of where he is, you know? Yeah. Okay. So the next obvious question is, and I have it all written down here. It's how did those expectations evolve <laughs> after you had children? Now we're going to get into the good stuff. Yes, right? Well, you know, it's funny because going into early marriage, I very much was trying to force Joe into this. And I say this very much in hindsight because at the time it didn't seem that way. But I had this idea of what a husband should be, right? A very like patriarchal view of he needs to lead our family. He needs to and be you had the really breadwinner. Defined definitions of what lead means. Yes, like this is leading, and if you're yes. not doing it, if you're it, not doing right. it, then I'm doing it, and that's not okay. You know, like you were saying, you would just be too harsh, like character wise. You know, and be like, well, why aren't you doing this? But then if he ever tried to step into those things. I'd be like, excuse me, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it was, yeah. it was this dichotomy that I lived in that carried over into parenthood of, I had these expectations of what I was told he should be, but this ideal of who I actually wanted him to be, I just was never happy right, either yeah. way, you and, know? And, and in all of that, missing who he actually was yes. and not ever, like, really embracing him. Yes, but, yeah. yes. So for I, many I think years. so many women, mm-hmm. myself included, can relate yeah. to that. Yeah. Also, I think, I wonder what your opinion is. There's, like, something that happens when you become a mom Mm -hmm. that, and I know it's like people call it the maternal instinct, but there is this type of protection type thing that sort of kicks in. And a little bit of only I know Mm -hmm. what is best for my child. And that is even to the detriment of her father, you know. And it comes to, like, that that is my ultimate line. Like that is the ultimate thing I protect, mm-hmm. and it's it's like that mama bear thing, you know. So, do you oh do you gosh. feel that yes. way? Okay. Yes, and it is it is something that I look back and I regret if I'm being totally yeah. honest. Oh, I do too. Is it, but yes. it was almost like it's overtaking you, and you can't. No. I mean, not to make an excuse. For it because yeah. it's is that we all can identify a first time mom because mm-hmm. they're like hyper that right, yes. but I'm just like you know I regret it as well and I'm just but I still do it. <laughs> I still yes I still it do still it. Still happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I uh, through counseling, my counselor dubbed this um, playing interference. Right. Yes. And it's very much 
what I did from the very beginning. You know, I had these expectations of how he should be as a father in being perfectly patient, perfectly even keel, perfectly gentle, and imparting wisdom without harshness. You know, all of Mm -hmm. these things that like, I can't live up to any of that, you know, but especially having infants. And on top of that, I, I had postpartum depression. Right. And I was sleep deprived. Those all make for a fabulous oh, combination. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just a fantastic human being wandering around. And so, yeah, I could not, I couldn't let him take care of them. I was mad at him because he wasn't taking care of them. But then when he would try, I would, it, like, I would mm-hmm. literally run in the room if they cried and take them out of his arms and leave the room. Like, yeah. you're obviously doing it wrong. They're crying, you know? Right, right. And I just, I never let him have a shot at it, but I resented him for not trying. Like it was just this whole like unrealistic cycle, you know, and I would love to blame it on postpartum depression Mm -hmm. or hormones or whatever, but I still do it in many ways Mm -hmm. today where it's like, if he is, if he is disciplining the kids, I will walk in and be like, you need to cool it, you know? Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. Yes. I don't think we should be. No. I don't think we should. Yeah. No. Because it then it then just, like, undermines their authority. And you're kind of right. Like, we gave ourselves the grace to kind of practice and figure it out. But I haven't always offered that same grace mm-hmm. to my husband in parenting. And it is because I get in this very blind, narrow view and I'm an Enneagram type one while we're talking about it and so I struggle with this anyways that it's you know my way or the highway which is hilarious because that's not what I wanted in a husband because that's how my dad was but um I am totally default to that you know um so it is almost laughable how maybe I couldn't have always articulated what those expectations were before kids, but after, then they're there. Because the, your expectations are the things that you get frustrated about. Yeah. Right? So, like, that you wish that they would do this and this, you know, differently. And then you also have to do, I think, the really hard thing that if you are partners in parenting, right, you have to come to terms on the partnership. And that means, as moms, not always, like, getting our way for our kids. But it's like, that is so hard for me because I only want to do the, quote, unquote, B-E-S-T, best Mm -hmm. thing, right? It Mm -hmm. has to be the best, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't mean by, like, the best outfit. I'm talking about the discipline tactic. Has to be the absolute best, well-researched. Which one are we going to do, you know? Yes. Did you not read that article? I mean, I gave you the book. I sent it to you. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. (laughs) I don't do it, but I feel like you should. This episode is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms, an online parenting resource to encourage and inspire moms in North Texas and all over the world. Okay, so let me ask you this okay. because we are we are both raising girls. Correct. How much do you think your expectation and your playing interference has to do with you being a woman 
having these ideals about what your own dad should be or wasn't Mm -hmm. and how you want your girl's relationship to look with their own father. How much do you think the gender of your kids plays a role? I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I could answer that, honestly, because I don't know what it's like to raise a boy. Mm-hmm. I, If I'm going to just go off my gut here, I actually think I would have been more psycho about um, a boy mm. because... Still, there's this kind of thing deep, deep down inside me that distrust males. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have been horrid boy mom because it would have been hard for me not to translate that into doing everything I could into raising a good man Mm -hmm. and been very on Brian to do that. Yeah. To me, raising girls feels easier from my perspective. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, I don't think very much, and this is maybe awful, I don't think about much about what I want their relationship to be. Mm-hmm. I hyper-focus on how he treats them. Mm-hmm. Which... Which he treats them from, fine. He, you know, he's always treated them fine. Yeah. He probably treats them better than I do. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's because what I've always assumed is a mix of just this, like, you know, neurotic maternal instinct mm-hmm. that just, like, pushes us at all extremes to for our kids. And a combination of me responding to my father. Yeah, I think that a lot... Now, I don't know. Again, I don't know how I would raise a boy because I think I also have, like, a skewed image, you know, that boys should be tough and shouldn't cry or whine or, you know, like I have this ideal Mm -hmm. in my head that, like, it's not healthy. It's not realistic. It's, you know, but I see that that is, like, this natural bent in me. So I think God knew when he gave me girls Mm -hmm. that that would be better for the world. I think, too... My ideal for what my husband's relationship looks like with my girls is shaped by two things. Mm -hmm. The history of abuse in my family. From previous generations or extended, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was very similar in, you know, fatherhood abuse, just Mm -hmm. all the way down, generations and generations. So there's that kind of fear that drives my playing interference, you know. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the purity culture that says, maybe it wasn't purity culture. I don't know where it came from, but I feel like it was that a dad's role is hyper important in how a woman eventually interacts with men, right? So if she can feel loved and confident and secure in her relationship with her dad, Mm -hmm. then she will make better choices when it comes to men in her future. Yeah, I think that was like the narrative we were always told. I don't know if it's true or not. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Does someone know if this is true? You know, we definitely have things that have translated from our relationship with our dad to Mm -hmm. the men that we're married to. But does, you know... 
does me seeking attention from men as I'm growing up translate to how my dad was? I have no idea. You know? Yeah. And I was the opposite. I wanted no attention from yes. men. And I did everything I could to be independent, mm-hmm. never ever to rely on a man. Like, yeah. you know. But it wasn't because you felt so loved and secure. No, and it was safe. the opposite. I yeah. was protecting myself. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. getting away. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's I know, it's just it's wild. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, that was kind of the thing that I grew up believing that if he can if he can be a perfect dad in the sense of making them feel safe and secure and being involved and all these things, then they will grow up to be confident women. Yeah, right? Like yeah. that is the narrative that's in my mind. That you're, yeah. So if I don't feel like See, he's I'm, building that relationship, yeah. I am all over him. Yeah. And it is so destructive to their relationship. Yeah, you you essentially like implode what you're yes. in your head you, you're trying to build yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I'm not yeah. allowing them to have a relationship because relationship requires that uh how did you say it earlier? You know, the testing and the you know, giving yourself the grace to right. mess up and yeah. say you're sorry and fix it and you know, right. it That's needs true. all of that. Yeah. That to work through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's that's my battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think in more, like, we went out the gate with the things that we know that we're doing wrong. I like, know. that we wish was different. <laughs> like, and, but I really do believe that so many women who are listening are going to nod their heads because that's, like, it's, it's the thing that women or mothers most have to work on. It's, like, mm-hmm. a little universal, I feel. But... In terms of, like, practical sense, you know, I had expectations that he was going to participate in the parenting Mm -hmm. as much as I was, Mm -hmm. as much as I did. You know, I would even, I don't know if he would label himself as a feminist. I think he kind of, he is one. I don't know if Mm -hmm. he wants a label to it or not, but... And he was not against that, you mm-hmm. know. And, of course, there were some practical limits to that because of the differences in our jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, as in, like, employment jobs, not jobs at home. Yeah. Um, so that would put more of a burden on me in parenting. But I did and still do have expectations that he is as responsible for feedings as I was Mm -hmm. um you know obviously if you're breastfeeding that looks a little different but there are support roles in that that Mm -hmm. you can do in our case it was bottle feeding but baby food feeding laundry and growing it you know as they get older like it's not only my job to get the kids to and from school you know and even though he has what a lot in perhaps previous generations, because he has a big, important job, like that's deemed by that, by the culture, which it is important, right? Mm-hmm. But there is a status thing that comes with his type of job, right, that is still exists in our culture. And, you know, he makes significantly more money than I bring in. Like all those things are reasons that he then gets a pass at parenting, right? So he doesn't have to. But that isn't the way I think, so even him and his big fancy job, we've made an agreement. 
he still takes the girls to school, mm-hmm. like, one day a week, you know. And, like, he's always responsible for the school projects, no matter what. Like, if you're on call or not, that's too bad. It's due on Monday. I do all the other homework, you know. And it's not, I'm saying that kind of snarky. Like, we aren't having that, like, snarky conversation. Like, we've agreed to this. He is into that. So, like, my expectations have evolved. And he is fine with that. I mean, but he also has expectations of me as a mother. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, we, it's not like, oh, it's just our maternal narrative here. But for the most part, I feel like those things have worked out for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes, in my opinion, it goes further towards the ability for him to have a unique individual relationship with each girl, Mm -hmm. the more involved in parenting he is. I agree. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, so for our dynamic, I breastfed and I also like refused to let him be a parent when the girls were babies, right? Like that was just, that was the situation. So I was very much the primary parent for the first probably two years of each girl's life. But as my mind and my body healed and as they grew, we kind of switched gears where he was, I want to say almost he is better with my girls as like pre-K, elementary Mm -hmm. age. He's just better at it, Mm -hmm. you know? Being able to see that as a strength in him. And then, you know, we've talked about this before where I was home with little kids really up until this coming fall. And so anything that was done at the schools, field trips, he's done every field trip. Any kind of party that a parent goes to, he went to all of those, mm-hmm. you know, it, since COVID, we've had very well, few, right, but, yeah. you remember know, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when that happened? Yeah. So, I mean, he attended all the parties. My girls do uh, music lessons through the school that require a parent to be there in a lesson during the day once a week. He's done all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even mess with those lessons because yeah. to me it's sorcery and I have no idea how to make it work. But he does all of those things. Um, now, he does have flexibility in his job, you know, yeah. where he can he can take time or he can do comp time or things like that. So that's been, you know, kind of a benefit of what he does. Uh-huh. He thinks of the things that we should do. He thinks of the systems like that we should have in place for the girls mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. get things done. He, you know, but he also thinks of like what would actually be fun. And he remembers Things like their ridiculously picky McDonald's orders where I'm like, I won't even go and buy Happy Meals because everybody needs a very different, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but he remembers all those and he honors them. And so things like that where it's like he maybe didn't have the patience for like a newborn that I did. He's very good at mm-hmm. like this older kid dynamic yeah. where I'm maybe not as it's just not my strength. In that area, you know, like I don't remember every event. I mean, I still very much am the primary parent. I mean, I will always be the primary parent. Yeah. Um, Just, I mean, because of Brian's Mm -hmm. job and his, the hours that he has to work. 
But he is great about just when he is there being a part of, like, most everything that we're doing, Mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, he takes roles for bed and bath, you know, in trying to kind of have that time with the girls. Yeah. We could go on. Okay. All right. So here's here's a good one that we need some to do. <laughs> How do you support the father of your children in his role of fatherhood. Ooh, remember how I talked about how I'm not good at that? <laughs> okay, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to go. Yes, this, yes. I'm actively working on this. I'm actively awesome. working on this. Okay. I am trying to interfere less. Yes. Right? And we have a really bad problem in our house. And and I am I am seeing more severely the consequences of my poor choices in this now that I have a tween. Yes. And because she is disrespecting him more than she disrespects me, we have a bad problem of both kids coming to me trying to undo what he has said, right? Sometimes, okay, it comes mostly when, one, the girls doesn't like what he's told them, or two... It may be a direction that goes against what we normally do. And I have one kiddo that that's really hard to let go of what we normally do, you know. And so they come to me with that. So I am trying to interfere less because I have to accept that at this point, I know he's not going to abuse my children. Yes. <laughs> like 11 years in, he's got enough credit that like I have to let go of that. Mm-hmm. And that's something I need to discard and slough off. Right. Yeah. And that I can trust him to parent the children in a safe way. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't mean a perfect way. Right. I lose my temper sometimes. You know, like we get frustrated, like your kids drive you crazy. Lord, mm-hmm. Louisa, ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. right now. And I'll just be like five minutes, no talking. Yeah. You know, that he is allowed and can do all those things. But I can see where I've tried to micromanage and control his parenting as a father has turned into that he has had less practice doing it of like that trial and error. And so my response, I'm trying to interfere less, even if I disagree with what he said. It's not in the grand scheme of things. It's really not that big a deal. Like usually, you know, like it's he's making them have milk when I normally don't make them have milk at lunch. You know, but like, does that really matter in life? No. If their dad said they need to have milk. They can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like. And I also, when they come to me, I'm responding with, you need to work that out with your dad. If you're feeling upset with him right now, then you need to go talk to him about it. Don't come. I'm not your mediator. Like, mm-hmm. you have a you have a relationship with your dad, and you need to go. If it's bothering you, then you need to go fix it. So those are things I'm trying to do because I can see my choices have damaged it, you know, yeah. and haven't given him as much of a chance as I gave Myself, And I'm trying to be better about that. And also to come to the realization that, like, his personality is different than mine. His parenting style is different than mine. And he's going to offer and provide things to my children that I can't or, like you said, are not my strengths. I'm not good at. And just also stuff I wouldn't think of. Yeah. You know? And I... I, like, worry that I've, like, waited too late to be more, like, intentional 
about this and not such a psycho about my own mothering. <laughs> At a decade in, I'm just unwinding right, yes. all of this. Like but, letting go. Yes, but those are the ways that I'm trying to be better to support mm-hmm. him as a father because he's not me. Yeah. He's not a mother. He shouldn't be he should be expected to parent, but maybe not to mother because my kids are are in a situation where they're lucky enough to have a mother and a father. Mm-hmm. I would agree in that that is that has been my goal is stop playing interference. Now I fail at it regularly, mm-hmm. especially if I'm in the room when the discussion or the discipline is happening. I have a hard time like keeping my mouth shut. You know, one of the things that we both say a lot, if the girls come to us and ask for something or ask about something that we know they've already asked the other parent, you know, we just remind them, like, if dad said it, mom says it too. So Mm -hmm. don't even ask. Like, even if I don't agree with it, I try to be like, nope, he said it. That's it. You Mm -hmm. know? And then to, you know, I, I just went off on like the, the strengths that he has as a parent, because that is one of those internal dialogues that I have with myself often of like, let me remind myself of all of the things that he's doing well that I cannot offer my kids Mm -hmm. so that I can start changing that pattern of seeing him as not good enough because he really is a phenomenal dad. Yeah. He's not me. And he shouldn't have to be me. But I have to tell myself that every day, all day. Because and I don't know what it is about us as as women. In this culture, like I mean, I think we're responding to all sorts of things. Oh yeah, Yeah. all sorts of things. You know, and it's internal, it's external, it's from our upbringing, it's from our current culture, our past, you know, like it's just all this stuff. But in the day-to-day grittiness of it, we Mm -hmm. have to remind ourselves of like what is true. You know, Mm -hmm. here are the things that my husband does really, really well at parenting. When I interfere, I need to apologize or I need to, you know. That's just a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Show respect to him as a person and parent. Yeah. Yeah. As a person, you know, because if he had come in and done that to me in the middle of something, it would be a whole other situation. And the fact that he offers me grace in those moments Mm -hmm. is a good point. It's a big deal. So I think another way like to support fatherhood within our own homes is also not, I don't know, I'm having a little bit of, do I say this or do I not say this? Here's my disclaimer. I do think that if you're in a parenting partnership, that you do work together to emphasize each other's strengths and Mm -hmm. thrive in those roles um, and to support each other in weaknesses. But I don't think in a practical way it ever is going to work out that ideally because you're going to have to parent at 100% in both your strengths and your weaknesses. Both of you are. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I try to overcompensate for what I perceive as his weaknesses, right? Instead of, that goes back to instead of not interfering because he has to practice those weaknesses, just like I have as a primary parent, right? I Mm -hmm. get automatically more practice because I'm with them more, right? Yeah. So he would automatically have less practice just because he's not with them as much or in as 
like much variety of situations. He's primarily home in the evenings, right? Mm-hmm. So he, you know, we've got that down to a science. But then on Wednesdays when he's home and he has them all day, well, that's he's out of practice some yeah. with that, right? Because he's yeah. not even home every weekend. Sometimes he works on the weekends, at least once or twice a month, you yeah. know. And that's half a month if it's mm-hmm. twice, you know. <laughs> so I have found sometimes I have had the tendency to try to almost like, not because I think they're necessarily doing a disservice to my kids, but mo- more so is like trying to kind of like help him out. Not saying that I didn't need to help him, but like there is some trying to show like, look, just I'll handle this. Like you're tired. Just let me, you know, it is kind of like yeah. trying to do that support. Yeah. But there is a flip side to that. In that he doesn't ever get to practice like those areas, you know, like yeah. where it's weaker. And this is a very, this isn't even an example from our own, but this is what popped in my mind. So I had a friend who was in the situation to where she did most everything, like mm-hmm. for the kids and all that stuff. And they both worked, but still she, you know, because I have mentioned before that a lot of times, um, like the excuse that I hear why fathers don't have to be parents like when they're home is because they're the breadwinners. So yeah. somehow that our culture thought that gives you gives you a pass to parenting, right? Mm-hmm. But actually, no, you have to you're as much a parent as I am as soon as you walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Or even when you're at mm-hmm. work, you still have to Yeah. If a kid gets sick, like yeah. you may have to leave work. Like just yeah. because you're the breadwinner doesn't mean you get a pass on all, yeah. on parenting. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just your second shift. Yeah. You clock in when you get home. Yeah. I mean, where you're still clocked in, even like, but even at work, you got you may yes, have to yes. help out with stuff, you know? <laughs> True. But, um, so I had, it was a mother who was younger than I, younger kids that kind of go through it. And she was really buckling under mm-hmm. all of that. And so I kind of worked with her, like, to make suggestions to her husband to bring it to the table and say that I am not going to, organize or manage or take care of the baseball stuff at all. Yeah. So getting them signed up, getting them to practices, packing their bags, washing, all that mm-hmm. stuff, you are handling baseball from start mm-hmm. to finish. Yeah. And he agreed to it. Like, he was like, yes, I'm happy to do this. This is great. But he royally screwed it up, like, several times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would forget to take waters. I mean, the bag wouldn't be packed. He would forget to wash stuff. Yeah. And it was... Very hard for her, and I want to say probably very hard for me not to swoop in and do it, right? Because it's not that her husband is dumber and Mm -hmm. not capable. He doesn't have as much practice because you have always done it, right? So he has to have the practice of screwing it up, you not shaming him for it because you Mm -hmm. screwed up too, right? Mm -hmm. And you not fixing it. Right. Like, okay, you know, it's like I think that is an important part as well of us supporting fatherhood is giving them the same grace we give ourselves to make the mistakes and not like fall apart when they do it. But just keep letting them practice. Yeah. You know, just like we have. It's what we've done, you know, and we've gotten like better at some things than others because we've literally had years (laughs) Yeah. Like years to do it. Right. Yeah. Because we were yeah. packing the diaper bag well, well before we were packing the baseball bag. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anyways. Mm-hmm. I think in all of this, I do want to say this before we sign off. There is a difference between 
supporting and respecting fatherhood in your home in a healthy situation and allowing abuse to happen. Oh, yeah. You -hmm. know, where it is not your responsibility to try to bring your husband to a place of being a healthy father in the sense that he Mm -hmm. is abusive and you are waiting and trying to get him to change. That is not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility and it likely will never happen. Yes. If particularly if things stay the same, of course it's never gonna happen. Yes. Yes. No, this is an excellent yes. We would never ever say, well, you just need to stick it out and let him father the way that he is going to father and know how abuse is a totally different thing. And I just, Mm -hmm. I want to make that clear. Yeah. And yeah. And that's, again, we're both speaking from our perspectives of having, you know, long-term marriages that are Mm -hmm. in as healthy of a state as they can be, you know, how marriages are, but, but like, We have good relationships. Mm -hmm. Neither parent is abusive verbally, emotionally, physically, sexually. Like none. We're not. Mm -hmm. We're not making concessions. Like we're talking about. I mean, to be honest, is like poster child for good fathers as you could be in our (laughs) husbands, right? Like they are good dads. Yes, and battling our Mm -hmm. own expectations. Yes, this is about what our expectations of of our fathers. But yeah, absolutely. And I would, like, fight for my kids in Mm -hmm. both a literal Mm -hmm. and not literal way if you are in a situation where the father of your child is damaging or hurting them emotionally, sexually, physically, verbally, like— you should never try to break a child or demean a child, crush a child, manipulate a child. If those things are happening in a variety of ways, that is abuse. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, is help. Abuse. There is. There are places that yes. you can go and you can find some of them on our website, fwmoms.com. Absolutely. Okay. This was a great chat. I can't wait to read the rest of the articles. Same. And then the Dear Dad editorial series on fwmoms.com. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Fort Worth Moms.